guys, welcome to another episode of the Millennial Momentum Podcast. This is your host, Tom Alemo. I'm at Tommy Tahoe on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, very active. Give me a follow, give me a shout out. Uh, this whole show is focused around millennial personal development. You know, how do we get to the next goal that we're going after in business, in our personal lives, in our health, everywhere? And I think in order to get there, you need three things. One is a killer work ethic. Two is a positive attitude. And three is a little bit of momentum, which is forward motion with energy, right? So I'm hoping that this show, everything I produce, the podcast, the videos, the blogs can all be that source of momentum for you. I hope it can be a source of momentum for me. Uh, I'm no expert. I don't claim to be one, but I bring people on that are experts in their field. And, you know, we're all on a journey. We're all on the path. Uh, for greatness. So hopefully we're all learning one day at a time, getting better and growing. So I thank you for coming on, for listening, um, for supporting. If you find any value here, I'll do a quick plug. Uh, Head over to iTunes, leave a five-star review, subscribe. That's what helps me reach more people with this message. So uh, thanks for listening, and and I hope you do enjoy this episode. Today, a little bit of a unique twist here. No, um, you know, formal interview. I've got my good friend, my brother, Ryan Warner on the show. For those that don't know, you know, Ryan helped to co-found this podcast about a year and a half ago. Um, and he came on, we got together over the holidays and we talked about a few things. You know, one, he ran a Spartan ultra race. Uh, so I talked about the, the Spartan, the world championships that we ran last year. He ran one that was a 30-mile, 70-obstacle course in uh, in the Carolinas. So we talk about that pretty crazy story. Uh, and then we get into some of the goal-setting practices that we've set out for this year. Um, you know, and some of the specifics of, you know, really, how do you, how do you start with the end goal in mind? And then how do you break that down into what you need to get done every quarter, every month, every week, every day? every hour, in order to reach your full goal. So I'm a huge believer in setting big goals. I'm a huge believer in actually setting the map to get to those goals. And then I'm a huge believer in keeping that in front of you and, you know, measuring it every week. You know, did I, did I do what I needed to do? Yes or no? It's a simple answer. Uh, keeps you accountable, keeps you on the right path. And what you focus on uh, are the things that you're actually going to get done. So I'm setting my sights big this year. Uh, in a lot of different ways, you know, both with this podcast, in business, in my health, in my relationships, uh, in my spirituality, and so I got a lot going on, and um, you know, financially also. So we get into all that stuff. You know, the first probably thirty-five minutes or so, me and Ryan talk about the race, and then we get into the goal setting. So I hope you enjoy this episode. We're getting back to some more traditional interviews next week, but for now, we're gonna take you to. The Windy City, Chicago, Illinois, with my good friend, Ryan Nicholas Warner. Let's go. My good friend, the co-founder of this revolution, Mm -hmm. running assassin, Mm -hmm. sales savage, the Mr. Midwest farm boy, Chicago cub loving, Bud Light drinking, Mm -hmm. bulletproof creating, Mm -hmm. Ryan Warner. 
Hello to the interwebs. Yes, <laughs> here. The people's champ. He's here. What's We're back. Tommy? Holiday episode, baby. A couple days before good old Christmas. Holiday episode. Last time we got together for a pod was Seattle, mid-July. Here we are. In was that in July? That was in July. Wow. That feels like it was like last month. It feels like a long time ago. Oh. I feel like it feels like it was recent. Oh. Seems like years ago. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. No. It seems like 2004 to me. Um... Because I've done a lot since then, Tommy. Dude, I am so excited to talk about this. So, the last time we were on, we ran a half marathon, and then... In Seattle, on the trail. In Seattle, and then what's probably more recent, what I'm thinking of, is when we did the Spartan World Championships, the last day of September... And I did a pod, we didn't do a podcast together, but I did a podcast about it afterwards. Okay. So that was about three months ago. And last month, you, you, you texted me a few days later, and you're talking about this ultra beast. So we did the beast, which for people that are not familiar with Spartan races, you know, it's an obstacle course race. We climbed um, a ski mountain, Squaw Valley, and... Ran 13 miles up the mountain, 30 obstacles. Pretty insane. I mean, it was the toughest thing Five I've ever hours. done. Five hours. It was grueling. Grueling. Would you say? Totally grueling. The swim was awful. Swimming in ice cold water. I thought I had hypothermia on top of the mountain. I almost passed away. Tom. The podcast would have shut down. Tom went in. We're at the top of the mountain. Wind is 200 miles an hour. We've hiked four miles up the hill. Literally straight uphill. Yeah. I can't feel my cankles. I'm feeling good. We get into this pool of water, 40 degree temperature, and you have to swim out and back, maybe 100 feet. Not a long swim. No. Tom starts out strong. I end up passing him. He looks like he's a dead man. Gets out of the water. Didn't speak for two hours. Dude, I was shivering. I was in a dark place. Dark place. I was in the pain cave. So That was in August, though. So, September. Last day of September. 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 Last day of Q3. Okay. And, (laughs) and... You tell me the next week you're signing up for an ultra beast, 30 miles, 60 plus obstacles, mm-hmm. um, and you'd never, distance-wise, the farthest either of us have ever ran before that was, was the marathon we ran last year. was a, another humble also in Also in Tahoe. Yes. Hence the name Tommy Tahoe. Truth. Preach. So, let's just get into it. Tell me about, tell me about the savagery that went down last month. Sure. And just for the listeners, I actually, he told me about this, this is around Thanksgiving when he did it, right before Thanksgiving, and I said, don't tell me anything about it, I want to know all about it on the podcast. So, we've been talking for a month, I know he's done this, I've seen his little belt buckle reward, but I don't know anything that went down. We haven't discussed a single detail, not not one iota. So, yeah, so I did the Spartan Ultra in South Carolina. Second week of November. Okay. The first Spartan I ever did was in Tahoe in August, September. I don't keep saying August. September. The week after, I'm obsessed with it. You know my personality. Yeah. I'm going all in. You go all in. I felt like I had something. Why in. is that? I'm a sick fuck like that. <laughs> Everything is like, my you're all in. I'm all in or I'm out. Yeah. I'm no, I don't dip in, dip out. I'm all in or I'm like out. Like sales, like running, anything. anything. Right. So... At the end of the the Tahoe one, I felt like I had a little bit left in the tank. I really did. Mm-hmm. And the Spartan is a really great 
race. And I just felt felt like I had a lot left in the tank. And I so, love Joe Decine. Love Joe Decine. I love that it's upper body. It's not just running because you kill me on the runs, mm. and like, it's just a great equalizer for like a little stockier person like me. So I love sure. it. I'm like I'm in shape now because we did the half marathon in the trail in July. Yeah. We did. Then we trained for the beast in September. And so I was in great shape. Sure. And there was a race seven weeks out. I go, I'm going to put together a six-week camp and get ready for it. So mm-hmm. I took a week off, did the six-week camp, and now it's time to go. Right? Okay. So that week, the week before the race, the race on Saturday in South Carolina, I'm in New York that whole week for work. I'm set to fly out from New York Thursday morning. Okay. Get into South Carolina around 3 o'clock at the hotel, check in, have a nice day on Friday, relaxing, stretching, getting mentally ready. Yeah. Go to the race to check out the site. Do my drop off my my bag for the halfway point. Okay. Which we'll get into. Can we talk a little bit about the camp? We can. So what did you train differently? Did you train your body differently for knowing that it was the extra miles? And more importantly and more interesting to me, did you train your mind? Training? Um, yeah, so the actual physical training was different than the beast because I was mainly training like I was training for a marathon and almost didn't do any of the so okay when I trained for the beast I was doing two kettlebell workouts a week and three runs a week the runs were anywhere from two to four miles yeah I would do two runs a week that were two to four miles with burpees and squats during so I might run a half mile do 20 burpees run a half mile do 50 squats whatever and then Saturday, I would do one long one, but I never did more than eight miles. Okay. Right? After that, I realized I had to do a lot more running because I never ran more than 26 miles before. Right. So training for the ultra, I had a six-week camp, and I slowly built up to ultimately doing like 15-mile run on Saturday, okay. which isn't that long, but I just had a lot more running. Right. Bottom line, it's a lot more running. Fun. I still did two kettlebells a week. But at a 35 pound, not, not the 45 pounder. Yeah. So I was focusing on strength and maintenance. Yeah. I did up my pull-ups a lot though. My first week of the six-week camp, I did 30 pull-ups every day. Mm. And then weeks two, three, and four, I did 50 pull-ups every day. When you say every day, you mean every Five day? Five days a week. Five days a week. And then one week I did 75. Um, That's a lot. Yeah, it was. And then the last, like the last week, the last two weeks, brought the back up 30 to give the arms a break. And the tendons break. Alright. So, a lot so then, more running. I'm lean. I'm eating very clean. Yeah. And mentally, I'm visualizing the whole thing. Yeah. Um, nothing different in the terms of visualization, but a lot of times in those long runs, you get really bored. And yeah. I would just visualize, alright, what am I going to do the morning of? So, the morning of the race, I'm going to up at 345. I'm going to have this to eat. I'm going to do this, this, and this. You're thinking about that when you're on the run. Yeah. The I like run. to go through my morning of checklist okay. when I'm running. Okay. I replay it all the time because yeah, you carry a lot of stuff with you on this thirty mile run. Right, you got a yeah. lot more. Stuff. There's a lot of the mental checklist. You don't right. just show up and run. No, but there's a lot of gear too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. So, so you get to it's all right. So let's fast forward. So it's Thursday. So, so this is the important part. Thursday, you go to Thursday. I'm in New York, right? Okay. And I have all my shit with me. Yeah. Get ready to fly out. I'm excited. Perfect two day setup from the race on Saturday, and Thursday morning. It starts getting very cold. Okay. And it starts snowing. So in New York. In New York. I'm in Manhattan, fucking packed to the gills. You can't no one can move anyway. Hate, starts, hate New York. Hate New York. Starts snowing and people really don't move well then. The traffic is insane. My first flight out, I think it left at noon, cancelled. I book another one on Southwest at three o'clock, cancelled. You're panicking. 
not even close yet. My other flight with Delta was leaving at 8, and my brother happens to be in New York at this time. So I'm hanging out with my brother at his hotel, just waiting. Yeah, it was raining. And shout out Tito. Tito. Uh, Tito. Mm. We end up going to a, to a bar, just hanging out, because it was... Now it's... Are you boozing? I had a beer. Yeah. Two days before the race. Oh, yeah. Didn't care. You don't care. Okay. Didn't care. Okay. I had... Okay, yeah. So we're at the bar at 4 o'clock. Now 5 o'clock comes, and it's freaking snowing. Like, a heavy... And it was. It was 13 inches. <laughs> so, I'm looking outside. I know my 8 o'clock flight's going to be canceled. And, of course, it is. So, now that flight's canceled. So, now I'm like, all right, I'm not going to get out of New York tonight. Let me look at Southwest for all the flights on Friday. So, because about 13 million people were also looking for flights on Friday, there wasn't a single flight out of Southwest or any airline from Newark, JFK, or LaGuardia on Friday. It all sold out. Literally all sold out. So there's okay. no way. So the option of flying out of the three airports in the city are out for Thursday or Friday. Okay. I gotta be there. The race starts at six forty-five Saturday morning. Okay. And I have to drop off my stuff on Friday. Okay. To the at, race. At the race headquarters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the race setup. Okay. So now I'm getting into. There's no way I'm not doing this race. I trained for six weeks and I did not miss a day. It right. was like the most disciplined game I've ever had. So now my options are Uber to Philly. And take a flight out of Philly. All Philly flights are sold out. Okay? Okay. Now my thoughts are, I'm going, and all the rental cars are sold out in New York City. I was already thinking about driving from New York to South Carolina. That's so what I was That would be. All, everything in New York is shut down. I've checked, I called everything. I was on the phone for like three hours. Okay. Rental cars, flights, everything in New York is sold out. So now, okay. Okay, now because of the, dude, the travel, the weather was so bad, you can't even imagine. Power was out in Jersey for like two days. Wow. Yeah, it was really bad. November. And that's what it showed. It, it caught everyone off guard. Okay. So, so now I'm thinking I'll Uber to Philly, get a rental car. It's like an hour away. And I Ubered from Philly to New York earlier that week. It was like 90 bucks. Okay. okay. And I'll rent a car from Philly, drive to South Carolina, 12 hours straight to the night. I'll get there in plenty of time. I'll get there Friday morning, like 8 a.m. So I'm thinking. Okay. So I, I call Philly. They're like, yep, we got a car for you. I book it. I go to request an Uber because of the chaos. The Uber that was ninety dollars is now four eighty. <laughs> so don't tell me you did it. No. Okay. I did do an Uber, but to another state and for another reason. Hours later. Okay. So and there's also two minutes. I'll tell you. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, and so hey. also the. Trains getting to um, yeah, no trains. Trains can go. Amtrak to Philly was sold out though. Okay, okay. so Philly's out. I can't the car rental. Amtrak to Boston. I was thinking about that, but okay. as much there's Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. okay, so my new plan now is there's a flight from Hartford, Connecticut to Atlanta, and then Atlanta to Charleston. So there's okay. a flight from Hartford to South Carolina, Friday morning six a.m. I book okay. it immediately. Okay. Now I'm leaving Hartford, Connecticut. Which is an hour and a half from the city. Okay. Okay. So this is about eight o'clock at night, Thursday in New York. I've already paid for this freaking Thursday night hotel in South Carolina, and I'm not going to be able to use it. Of course not. Okay. So I'm at the bar still, Thursday eight o'clock. I have a flight leaving Hartford, Connecticut, five a.m. Friday morning to get to South Carolina. Okay. Now I'm thinking, how am I going to get there? Amtrak to Hartford, Connecticut gets me at 11, 11 p.m. I don't know what I'm going to do from eleven to five a.m. Essentially. Right. 
but I book it. So I booked the Amtrak. Now I have an hour and a half to go three miles from where I'm at in Manhattan to Union Station. Okay. Walk. Walking's out in the snow, not walking three miles okay. in the snow. That's out. I didn't even think about that, but that's okay. out. Okay. So I get an Uber. Okay. The city is shut down. We don't go a half mile in an hour. Jesus. I missed the Amtrak. He, the, the streets were gridlocked. You could not move. And, and at this point, I tell <laughs> the Uber driver, I go, shut it off. I've been like 300 hours right now driving to Hartford. He's like, I can't, dude. He's like, Cause, because everyone was trying to get out of the city. It was so claustrophobic. I couldn't tell you how claustrophobic it was. No one could go anywhere. So I go, take me back to my brother's hotel. So now I sat in the car from like 8 to 9.30, missed my train. We didn't even go, didn't even go a mile, I swear to God. Whoa. The snow is still coming down. Okay. Now I get back to my brother's hotel and I go, all right, dude, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to bed until midnight, wake up at midnight. Because I tried Ubering at, eight, like at 9 o'clock to Hartford, but it was like also 500 bucks. Right. right. So I'm not going to pay that. So I figured I'm going to go back to bed, go to Tanner's hotel, sleep till midnight. It's like two hours. And the demand will be down and I'll just get a normal Uber and I'll pay a couple hundred bucks, right? So I sleep from like 10. But you've already wasted money on the South Carolina hotel, on the Amtrak to Hartford. On the Uber? On the Uber that went a half mile. Sorry. All right. The car went on Philly. <laughs> you paid for that? Um, at that time, yeah, I get the money back. But okay. I did at that time. Um, at that time I did, I was freaking out a little bit, but I'm like, I don't care, I'm getting this freaking race. Right. right. So I wake up at 12.30, I go to request an Uber, it's still $380. Okay. Go back to sleep for another hour and a half, and now it's 2.20, and I book it. Book okay. the Uber. The Uber shows up, and you know, they don't know where you're going until you get in the car. Oh, God. So I get in the car at like 2.15 in the morning, still snowing, and I get in there, I shut the door, and the guy accepts a trip. And he goes, dude, where are we going? I go, we're going to Hartford. Listen, I'll tip you. Just get me there. And God bless this guy's soul. He did it. Wow. I mean, I've had people that won't go 30 minutes. I had someone who wouldn't take me over the Oakland Gate Bridge one time before <laughs> the morning. All right? But I had a fight with him. So now um, I'm, I'm homeward bound, right? All right. I'm in the Uber. It's a three and a half hour thing. With It's still traffic's terrible. It takes us three and a half hours to get there. I get to Hartford. Hartford looks like an absolute war zone because people have been there for a day and a half. Yeah. Right? I sneak into like the Amex Executive Lounge, get some free breakfast, and I get out, get on the plane, we're good to go. We're on the runway. And now, keep in mind, I have a transfer flight in Atlanta to Charleston. Oh, God. We're on the runway. Seatbelts on, they've done a security announcement, the door's closed, on fucking runway. The plane wasn't de-iced properly. We sit there for another hour. So now... The whole flight from New York to or uh, from Connecticut to Atlanta, I'm worried I'm not going to make my connecting flight. Right. And like I'm going to have to rent a car from Atlanta to Charleston. Luckily, we make it. I land in Charleston. Finally, at one o'clock on Friday. Okay. okay. Now I'm, I'm like, you know what? It's beautiful weather. Charleston, South Carolina. Beautiful place, huh? Beautiful. South Carolina. Wait, that's, why do I keep saying Charleston? Spartanburg. I'm sorry. It's not Charleston. It's called Spartanburg. Spartanburg is the city. Yeah. Are you sure they didn't just green that up? That's what my mom said. She's like, is that where Spartan was founded? I go, no, but that's cute. Um, <laughs> it's Greenville, Spartan, Spartanburg. I mean, South Carolina just in general is beautiful. beautiful. My grandpa lives So there. I land at one. Girl that was Shout born. out to grandpa. Shout out, Gramps. Um, I go drop my, uh, I go register, and now I'm at the hotel. I've had dinner. I'm ready to go, right? Right. So now it's, it's I go to bed. It's race morning. Get up at 345, and I have a lot of stuff with me, right? I have... 
My camel pack for the race, which is full of electrolyte water, that's my new thing I sip on the whole time. Okay. Game changer. What, anyway, what brand? It's called Tailwind. Sponsored post. Tailwind. Okay. Uh, really good stuff. Okay. It has no flavor to it. Okay. I get the naked, no flavor. So I have, when I start the so when I start the race, I have a camel pack on. It's full of like a shitload of electrolyte water. I have goos, I have bananas, I have almonds. Okay. I really try to eat more normal food than goos because it's a 10 hour yeah. affair, right? So we didn't even know. It might have taken you a 10, but you didn't know. I didn't know. I thought it was going to be anywhere from 8 to 10. And I also have a drop bag for the halfway point. So you do the same lap twice. Okay. Okay. And so that's full of like two peanut butter sandwiches with banana, honey, whole wheat bread, and two of those, more electrolyte water, etc. Okay. Right? And so I'm at the race. It's time to go. Okay. It's 645 in the morning. It's fucking freezing out. Yeah. And it had rained all week. How many people are racing? Um, I gotta imagine it's small. No, no, it's like, oh, the ultra. Yeah. Um, I think like a couple thousand. Oh shit! But okay. three hours later, the beast starts, so you don't even know. When you're out there, it's just chaos. Oh, there's a beast and an ultra. Yeah, the ultra started at six. The beast started at like ten. Okay. So, but and when you do your second heat, there's people doing. They're everything. doing so heat waves too. So you don't even know. People next to you could be running you. Well, the ultra you. people wear a. a Purple beanie, so yeah. you know, because you have right, right away out there. Mm. Um, humble break. But, uh, <laughs> but one thing you have to understand is that in this part of South Carolina, the dirt is like a clay. It's called okay. Carolina clay. It's okay. really orange, and it stains your skin. So my skin was orange like a week. And it sticks to your shoes. And it rained all week. Like, downpoured all week. Yeah. Luckily that day, it's not raining, but it's muddy everywhere. Walking up to the start line, I step in a puddle, and I have a headlamp on. I step in a puddle, and my shoe gets completely soaking wet and freezing, and I'm kind of panicking. It doesn't matter, because you take off in the race, the first quarter mile, you're hip deep in water, and I've never been so cold in my life. Hip deep? Hip deep. And is it supposed to be like that, or just because it was raining? Well, because it was raining. But it's supposed to be a creek. Hip deep? Oh. Hip That's deep. pretty fucking hot. It's it was like hot, and it was deep. freezing. It's freezing cold. It's like 30 degrees outside. And the second lap when you came through there... Getting into the creek was so rutted out by so many people walking on it. People were getting stuck hip deep in mud at this point. The Carolina clay <laughs> sucks you in. It's really kind of scary. So That's at this scary. track, there were a majority of the hardest obstacles within the first three miles. Okay. So the first three miles takes forever. And I'm out there an hour and a half and I have just made it to mile four. And I'm like, dude, no way my mile four. And you've got 30 miles. And, I'm, and I got 26 to go. And so at this point, I have a feeling back in my feet. I'm still running by myself. And, you know, this is, I'm by myself out there. So I'm still running by myself. And unlike Tahoe, where I did all the obstacles, with the first five obstacles, I, what did I fall off? I, um, oh, do you know the Atlas wall? It's like a diagonal wall. Yeah, yeah. where you got to scale it. Right. Yeah. So I get to that one at probably 7.45 in the morning. And you're crossing the creek back and forth literally 10 times. You're soaking wet from the hip down the entire race. Mud everywhere. Your hands are slick everywhere. And by the time you get to the wall, there's still frost on it from the night before. (laughs) So I make it three three quarters of the way across, and your feet can't even grip on there. You're just chest on there, like, hanging. I fall off. Okay. So I'm already discouraged because I was, like, trying to go perfect on the obstacles. And then burpee in the mud? Burpee in the mud. I luckily nailed the spear throw. Nice. That's and I do the sandbag carry, 
and then I'm off. Then you're kind of off running for quite a ways, right? And you might have like was the sandbag like which were the what were the, the hardest ones that were really hard like sandbag. The sandbag was hard, but the bucket was unbelievably uh, a hard. A bucket of rocks. Harder than the Tahoe half pipe. Unbelievably longer. Um, like you can't even imagine how long this fucking bucket carry was. <laughs> so I make it to mile five, and I'm like. I honestly get a little nervous, dude. I'm like, you're like, no I don't think you think like I I can't do this. Or like I might not. Be I just thought, you know, not only do you have to finish that the next 10, 15, 10 12 miles of that course, but you have to do that same shit all over again right. in five hours or whatever. Exactly. And I'm just thinking how my mind isn't. It's not going. It was going good, but it wasn't like slot. Like time wasn't flying by. Like when we were in the half marathon in Seattle, yeah, I thought the first six miles flew by. I think you probably felt a little bit different. Yeah, I seemed like there's some talking afterwards. Yeah, I was like in a groove, like almost floating. Like this is not that way. I was not yeah. in a groove. I wasn't floating through the track. I was like, I was just thinking, man, I'm kind of, I was like, I'm kind of bored right now. Like I wish I was doing this with someone. Yeah. Literally, not a half mile later, I kind of come up near this guy. He's like 45. And I just tell him, like, dude, I'm writing this whole thing with you. I'm not leaving your side. Like, and he was a good old, How clingy are you? He was a good old boy. I'm totally clingy. He was a good old boy from Tennessee. And he was like, by the time this race is over, I was talking like a Tennessee person. <laughs> like, in the accent or what? Yeah, oh, totally, dude. What did he say when you said that he was totally. like, okay. He's saying to Sean, he's like, he's like, hey, Brian, how you doing? I'm like, what's up, Sean? And so I run with him for about a half mile, and I like his pace. And he's going solo. Solo, he was in age groups. So it wasn't the open music thing. Level up, like he had done really well at some of the age group sprint races. So like, yeah. got like ninth at one of them. Oh, wow. In the forty to forty nine, completely different. Totally, totally different. And he's never done. This is his first ultra as well. So about a half mile of running with him, I'm kind of talking with him, like kind of you and I talk. Yeah. And he's cool with me. I'm cool with him. He's got a good pace going. Probably a little bit slower than I would have ran, but. I got a whole race left, dude. I mean, I you got to go slow. Yeah, 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 it's about finish. So I team up with them, yeah. and we burned through the rest of the obstacles. We had eight more miles to go in lap one, and all the obstacles from then on are the ones I love. The monkey bar one. Mm. I there's it wasn't any like any heavy carry. Um, what was rope climb? That was in the very beginning. Uh, but I did. I only missed one obstacle the first lap. Okay. okay. So we make it in. And it was that wall, the Atlas wall. The Atlas wall. Okay. So we make it in at the first lap at about four and a half hours. All right. How are you feeling after that? Feeling great. Feeling really good. Physically, mentally. Yeah. I'm feeling the mental like, boost with the with the, the guy there. What's his name? Steve. Sean. Sean. One of the most positive people ever. So he was like forty six. Three years before that. You guys talking a lot or like the whole time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Three years before that, this guy. Just normal guy, probably 30 pounds heavier than he was then. He's drinking with his buddies, and his buddy started gets home from the military, and she's like, I bet I can do more push-ups than you. And all they know- It's kind of arrogant. It's something like that, right? Yeah. And it is arrogant. And it was, no, two can do 20 push-ups fast. That's what it was. Okay. Him and the his friend's daughter, daughter that just came back from the military. Right. Okay. And impressive. And so he did 20 push-ups, I think she edged him. But he goes, dude, it took me an hour and a half to get my brother to do 20 push-ups. And oh, he couldn't okay. believe it. And so the next Monday, he goes like this kickboxing class. He's done it ever since. Now he's a kickboxing class instructor. Goes That's to CrossFit. And he just loves it. That's he's it. in great shape. The most positive guy I've ever met. Yeah. Sadly, I never got his contact info at the end of the race. I keep... Anyway, I'll go back to that. 
But how do you know? I do. We got separated. Get contact numbers of like fucking bus drivers. <laughs> I mean, you got this guy going through a life experience with it. anyway. Keep going. Okay. So you get to the halfway point. Halfway point. So you stop for a bit and like eat yeah, a sandwich like or five what? ten minutes. And he's got stuff everywhere. There's like a whole area for the ultra people where the people who have done it before have those five gallon buckets and they have a name on. Right? So there's five like five gallon buckets. Like you like the five gallon bucket. There's like hundreds of these fucking things. Hundreds. And are you explain now, this weather? Cold, warm? Perfect. Okay, you know, so it's, it's, it's you know, 65, and I'm actually getting a little hot, so I take my, my tights off. Okay. I just do shorts. Right. But at this point, the guy who won it just finished. How fat? Five hours? Dude, yeah, five, less than five hours. Holy shit. Yes. And I'm just like, anyway. And the last thing I'll say is, before we get to the main part of this is, on the first lap, you come through the finish line area, but you don't do the cold dump cold plunge, mm. which is a huge hole, five foot deep, 15 foot wide, in Carolina clay, so the water is like Carolina clay orange. Oh. And you have to get you in go head and under. dump under, and you get out, and you're covered in this orange clay. And it's so cold, you can't even imagine. And how close is that to the finish line? Five feet. Oh, you so jump over the fire, and that's it. Oh. Okay? So, but we're not even close to that, right? So, <laughs> you that's me. lap one. Yeah. So lap two, we get out there, and you're back hip deep in water. Hip deep in water. And but now you're out there with the beast people and they're like asking you, oh ultra, how's it going out there? Like what's what's next? And so you feel kinda like arrogant. You're on lap two. You're completely covered in mud. Yeah. You're bruised, you're bloody. And there's something to be said about there's no more surprises. No more surprises. You know what's gonna be out right. there. And I also I'm glad I knew that this racetrack, this layout of the course was by far the hardest three four miles I've ever done in my life. It was so compact. Remember how with Tahoe, there was really no tough obstacles at the beginning. Right. It was that one. It was in the mid. It was when we went back down to the village where that's it was where there was the, the tire flip. Oh yeah. So this is the opposite. So yeah. I didn't feel as bad about myself as it did at the beginning of the race because I'm just like, how could it be this hard? It was right. Because you thought it was going to be consistently that hard all the way throughout. Because it was actually 69 obstacles. And so I'm trying, and I don't keep count the obstacles. I, I, I just don't, told you. I, after. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't feel like all right. Letting down. Who knows me? I can't yeah. Count. But um, so, but I, I failed two obstacles the second time through. Okay. This first one I failed was you know like when you sit on your ass and you do the rope pull down. Yeah. Dude, there's something about these pulleys and the ropes. I could not. No one could do it. Dude. Really? I mean, some people could, but Sean didn't. I didn't do it. Wow. It was unreal. And then the very next one was a spear throw and miss it. On the. So you miss both of them. Right. So I do 60 burpees. No big deal. We get back out on the course. And at this point, though, now we're about, well, it's happening at the marathon, too. We're at, like, eight and a half hours in. And at this point, you're kind of like ready for it to be done. Eight and a half hours in. And you're, I've gone through oh. walls where I'm hurt, and he's gone through walls where he's hurt. And, and you're saying it to each other, like, man, I'm, I'm like, fucking I'm like, Sean, I'm the, I need a break. And we would walk, and, like, we would, like, I had like a bag of almonds with me, he had like beef jerky, and like we really were just eating real food. I had a banana with me. Were you guys like like pumping each other up? Total what? brotherhood. I feel like I was in Vietnam. Which is no <laughs> no disrespect to the people actually went or the soldiers now. But at this point you're out there all alone, you're sharing food rations. I'm giving out You're getting into the barbaric uh, not to cut you off, but that's why when people are saying like why like 
why would you do this? You know, someone that's listening yeah. to this that hasn't done it said, dad, why dad. the fuck? Like, we were, we were with your, your pal Sean. last night. No, your little, your lady pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like, the, the, the question was, why would you do that? We were right. talking about, oh, we got to sign up for an ultra. Or, like, Julia will ask me, why would you? It's just like, you got to get right. back to the roots. Like, and follow through the challenges, because that makes everything. for 10 hours. And that makes everything else that you come across, you have a bad sales month. You have, you know, something happens out of your control with your family. You lose money. That you're, you're, You have the mindset built up that you can push through. Fucking tough challenge. Totally. And it's, it's it's cool because when was the last time you were outside for 10 hours straight without your phone? Never. I mean, a really long time. Maybe ever. I don't know if I ever. I mean, since I was like in middle school. Yeah. I mean, so. So you're eight and a half hours in. Eight and a half hours in. One of the freaking dunces at the aid station in the backwoods is like, you guys got two and a half miles left. And I go, That's the I know I can't be right. But I'm like, all right, cool. And I know we actually had six up to this point, which is still a long way to go. But those, aren't there mile markers? Then that's what I knew that the mile markers, yeah, the mile markers said we were six away. They're like, no, they're off. It's actually not, you're not doing 30 today, you're doing 27. And mm-hmm. I go, I'm like, whatever, I don't care. But I was kind of bummed we weren't doing 30 at first. But then <laughs> I'm like, only two and a half left, let's do this. And like, it's so long, you kind of forget where you're at, because you've done it already. But anyway, was there any point where you were like, before that point where, because at that point, two, six, like, you're in the home stretch. Before that, where you thought, I might, I just might not be able to do it. Like, absolutely. physically, I can't. No, absolutely not. Okay. Not even close. Sean, <laughs> there's a minute there where Sean, we had like 11 left, and I was like, dude, when single digits, nine left. And like, for some reason, I thought like, mile 14 through 10. I'm counting down, obviously. Yep. Um, 14 through 10 was pretty quick. He's like, dude, how are we only on 10? 10 left. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, that went really fast. It's he was in a different that, place. Yeah. yeah. And it was. So I thought, man, this race is flying by. And you're constantly going through creeks. So I've been across this, the creek 12 times. Oh, my God. Hip deep, freezing cold. So that's just part of it, right? Yeah. And I, so I see like a dude out there at one point with like three to go. This huge dude. Must have been 350 pounds. Doing the oh. beast. Obviously, it's never worked out before because he's wearing, like, jeans. He looks like he's about to die. I give him all my dues. And <laughs> I'm like, I don't even care. Take him, dude. I give him, like, a hit off oh. my camel pack thing. Again, it's like battles on out there, Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, we make it. And But at this point, though, it's now about 4.30. It's starting to get dark. Right. So, we've been running since it was pitch black out with a headlamp. You yep. have to keep your headlamp on the whole time. And you take it off for, like, the middle nine hours. Now it's getting quite cold again, though. Now it's stepping into the 45s. Okay. And the whole time, I hate the cold water, and I'm really getting nervous about the cold plunge because I'm already freezing. It's getting dark out, like dusk, and I can't even imagine how cold. And I didn't bring a towel. So I know afterwards, I have no, nothing to dry with. Okay. And so this is the part that I kind of regret. So before, it's a probably two, two football length finish, right? There's, you're jumping in a mud pit, you're jumping out. You're jumping in a mud pit, jumping out. You go up a big A-frame net, you come down, yep. and you get to the cold plunge. And Sean's like, hey man, this is your race. Go ahead and finish on your time. And I should have just stayed with him, but after we did the A-frame, I did the cold plunge, mm. got the fuck out of there. And I was like, hyperventilating, you know, shivering. Jumped the fire, and I crossed the finish line, and I'm just like, 
head to toe completely soaked, freezing cold. It's like forty five degrees outside. Yeah. Broken person. And and they go, Ultra people, you drop your your timing badge way up there. So I'm walking around, I can't find it. I'm looking for like one of those metal things to put around. Like those kind of like um silicone sheets you can see a marathon put around. Yeah. Can't I see everyone that has them, I can't find it anywhere. So now I go take off my timing chip, and at this point there's no finding Sean. Right. Hundreds of thousands, no, but probably thirty thousand people. Mm-hmm. You don't know where you're at. Yeah. So I'm still covered in this California or Carolina plate orange, dripping wet. I go to the medical tent to get heat, and so I go in there. I get some warm water. I'm just drinking warm water, and like you got to get that clay off you, otherwise your your skin's gonna stink for about a week and a half. And I had a, a date with the lady we saw last night. Like the next Tuesday, and I go, I can't be orange on this fucking day. <laughs> and so they go, they got showers out there. So I go back outside. It's just, it's literally 15 garden noses. Showers. Cold water. <laughs> Cold water. And I don't have a towel. So I, <clears throat> and so everything you touch is getting this California clay on it. God, Carolina clay, sorry. Carolina clay on it, and it stains, dude. So I don't want to get it on my bag. My sweatpants, nothing, right? Right. So I hose myself off with cold water, which is like just torture. Yeah. Finally get it all off me. My legs, I didn't run with tights the second half, so my legs are scraped and cut everywhere. And I go back to the medical tent, and I'm freezing, but I have my wits about me now. But now I gotta walk another half mile down to get my drop bag because like all of my stuff is there. How bad is that? You think you're done with the race, but it's not like you just like stop and you just like land on a couch and then like take a nap. Like you gotta do all that. Well, I only brought one pair of shoes. So my feet are still soaking wet. I go get my drop bag. I hop out of my car and get back to my hotel and I take a shower completely. You had to drive? Yeah, about 30 minutes. Get back to the hotel and I'm like, Anyway, so that's that part. I have a whole other story what happened afterwards, but that's that, dude. That's the race, dude. It was unbelievable, though. It took me 9 hours and 58 minutes. Wow. Um, I would definitely do it again. It was awesome. Do We're doing it. Um, it was fun because of all the planning I had to do. Like, the stuff I ate that morning was more than I ever ate before. I was drinking electrolyte water the whole time. Having the drop bag and playing all that is fun because then you refill your camel pack. Yeah, some strategy. A lot of strategy, too. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, man. Now, where's your head at? Like... And that later that day, like, are and you I'm done? Like, at what point do you get past like I feel miserable to like? Do you think about like, during like, the you, race or after? after? Like, are you proud? Or are you after just like that, you, your mind is shut? Yeah, I was so excited. Like, so the first thirty minutes afterwards, I was kind of pissed that it wasn't better planned to keep us warm and keep us safe because yeah. like there was I wanted someone wrapped me around with that still thing thing right away. Right, that didn't happen. Um, I should have bought a towel. I should have bought extra pair of shoes. I should have bought a winter coat. Nothing. So I'm like, I know so much more now than yeah. for next time. Yeah. And if you do it this summer, you don't have to worry about the cold. The cold's a whole other element to prepare for. Yeah. It's a lot different. And it was freezing, dude. Yeah. Um, so afterwards, though, I was in a great mental headspace. Mm-hmm. I put on like some like house music on the drive back. I'm fucking jamming. I go back, shower. I go out to dinner. I have... How much did you eat? Dude, of course I ordered so many ribs and like wings, but like, I can only eat like half of them because yeah. I'm like not. I still feel like kind of not sick, but yeah, 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 you're yeah. not like starving. No. I mean, you think you, you think are. You would be. I love them though, dude. Shit. Super pumped about them. Um, it's a hell of a trip, dude. What else you got cracking? New year. So we were talking about this, so I'm gonna put you on the spot a little Hit bit. Me. New year. 
Have you been thinking about goal setting heading into the new year? You say you're all. You said earlier, like you know, you're always focused on one or two things. I'm focusing big time. I'm. I gotta pinpoint this. I'm gonna do this on a different podcast once I have some clearer thoughts, better prep. Addition by subtraction. That's my theme right now. I'm trying to take out. I was telling you the last two weeks during the week. Delete all social media from my phone. During the week you do this. Yes. The last two weeks I've done that. No, and like, then on the weekend I have ESPN. Gone. It's there. I don't go on. It's not a big. Not, it's a big draw for me. Okay. The biggest draws for me generally are on the phone, Instagram, Twitter. Instagram. Instagram's the fucking. Instagram. I'll go on Instagram forty-five times, and it's not just me. I look around now. I'm like really trying to be perceptive of what I see everyone else doing. Instagram among adults, especially young adults, unreal. Like every time you sit down, like ooh, so what? Like go up, like double tap, check the story. It's like what the fuck? And I don't even look at stories, and I don't. And I, I see people. And the biggest thing, you know that someone was on it because when they lock their phone, then you see someone unlock their phone. The first thing you see is Instagram. Like they were, they didn't even have the time to yeah hit the home before they totally. lock the screen. So what are you subtracting though? Addition by subtraction. So I'm trying to, I'm eliminating all of that focus time. I might spend an hour on that day. So eliminating so distractions. Eliminating distractions. Eliminating. Trying to batch things. I love the concept of batching. I do. do so batching email, batching, you know, first what sales prospecting, writing, podcasting, yep, workouts, whatever. Yep, yep, yep. I'm trying to really focus in. I'm trying to focus in on the on the workout stuff. Like sometimes I try to do everything. I'm trying to like say lift and run and do all that. And like I don't get anywhere, You've so I'm trying to like hiring. Go ahead. Hiring what? Virtual assistant? No. Hiring a strength coach for three months. That would be an interesting experiment. I think you maybe should if you're that because you're very focused on this right now. Mm. I think s- I need some more coaching. I think doing the same thing is gonna get the same results. Mm. Yeah, obviously it's, everyone's heard that adage. Right. I do think you should hire someone. Maybe that's the move, is... Hire... I think you should, dude. Maybe, like, finding every quarter, like, hiring for the one thing I'm trying to get better at. Right. And... And maybe for another thing, it's down the line, it's for something completely different. Maybe it's nutrition, maybe it's writing, maybe it's whatever. Yeah. Writing coach or a mentor, exactly. Yeah. I don't think it's... Like, when I took the Jesse Itzler course, that was good, but it wasn't specific enough. Right. You're not training... For a Spartan, I mean, you are, but like, we could do a Spartan tomorrow if we had to. Right. You need to. I hear you. You, you don't need to. You're telling me you want to get better at strengths, strength building, put a little mass on. Yeah. I think you should. I think you should hire someone. Or, or just. But maybe, do you think he's the guy, or do you think? No, maybe not. You should run it by him. Though. Maybe he knows someone. Mm. But I think. I think I'd like to do it with someone in person, though. Maybe. He's not going to be a person. He's in the Midwest. True. No, no, exactly. I think I need someone in the in the gym with me. Could be. Right? Check the form. Push me. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, probably. I don't think Write up a fucking nutrition plan. I don't know if it's one of those little trainers at the gym, though. Those fucking... At a high level, it's just... And my... With sales. Sales are for the year. What does that mean? I have to determine the amount you sell. Okay. I tell you what, though, I've been disgusted with my focus the past week and a half, two weeks. Mm. And also motivation. 
Totally. I don't know. And I start the day great. I'm a routine salad. Yeah, you're telling me your 5 to 7 a.m. is tight. Great, great. 7 to 7.30, I'm zero in the inbox. 7.30 to 9.30, party number one. And that's all I do. Turn yeah. the phone airplane mode. Feel great. I've been hitting this midday lull. So what I'm thinking is, after my lunch, whenever it's 12.30 to 1, whatever it is, I read for another 30 minutes, because that jazzes me up, mm -hmm. recharge, and go back at it. Yeah. Because my afternoons have been a joke lately. And because, though, I'll tell you what my distraction is, it's my phone. Mm. Dude, I might check that fucking thing. God knows, I don't know what I'm doing. There's it, nothing. And it bothers me. Yeah. It, it is an obsessive thing. It's definitely an addiction. Huge addiction. And it's stressful, though. It's that is the number one thing I'm focusing on. You're asking about, oh, what are you kind of... Yeah, the strength thing, I'm gonna, that's going to be a, a big priority. The number one is making your phone, I read this article, it's really detailed, it's make your phone work for you, you don't work for your phone. And move some deeds. So what I mean by that is like, you know, shout out to DC, David Cantel, he talks about this, but like, home screen, like, just blank. Like, you don't need all the fucking apps that are at the very front of it. You're not going in, you can set maybe limits on yourself for like, how often you check email. Big in Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week is like you don't need to go into email every 20 minutes. Or say you wake up and you check email just to read it. You don't do anything. But you're not going to do anything with it. So you see these 10 different things and they're just hanging in your head. And then you go again and it should be the Jack Walsh philosophy. If you can get it done, if it takes whatever, I think it's like five minutes. If it's going to take five minutes or less, you do it on the spot no matter what. So like if you see an email, it's like, ooh, like, ooh, I, maybe I should think about that. No, like quick, if it's not a monumental, strategic, you know, there are sales deals and all this that take a lot of time. If it's a quick thing, someone needs your help with something or has a question that they're helping you out with, quick, answer, move on, answer, move on, answer, move on. You have so much shit to do and you batch the email. So it's noon, Love it. spend noon to one or whatever. Going through all that, boom, it's off your plate, you check it again at five, or whatever time. Versus you're going in all the time, and then you're checking Twitter, you don't get anything fucking done now. And you don't ever, I'm not, it's not like I'm contributing to Instagram, I'm just no. struggling. No, I don't make it work anything. for you. You don't even so, post. I don't post, I don't do anything. Twitter's non-existent for me, no big deal. Facebook, no big deal. Instagram is a big one, ESPN's a big one. Yeah, I don't get caught in ESPN, I get caught in Twitter though. Yeah, but I also get caught just refreshing my inbox over and over. Yeah, Even too. when I'm in the kitchen, like when I'm doing a lunch thing, I'll turn off lights in my office and come out here. Yeah. And the way you get better at those, taking a lap around the block to mm -hmm. separate my day. Yeah. But, so. I've done that. Let's get deep. Let's get practical with this. Okay. You're cutting out phone distraction. Yep. What do you, hit me with it again. So you delete the apps Monday through Friday. Bring them back on Friday afternoon. Okay. Or whatever. Yeah. What so, about email? Like when are you going to see your phone? Like are you, what about, did your old lady text you a lot? Like, are you looking at your texts a lot? These are great questions. So, I haven't... I want to figure out the exact cadence for the email. I'm struggling to pick... Like, someone like Tim Ferriss checks it once a week. That's just not practical for the day-to-day -day person. But, three times a day? Five times a day? That seems reasonable to me. Say you start your day at 7, you say, 7, 7.30 and you clear out the inbox. That's in a desktop. And then you, right, and then you go, do priority one, and then maybe you check it, 
So let's say you do it three to four to five times a day. That's so much better than 30 times a day. And I wonder how many times you really are checking it. Like right now, I thought I'd do it, I think it's 30. You know what I'm gonna do? You know what's gonna be big? Is keeping a lot of some of this. Have you done the thing? A like, disciplined fucking lot. Oh, have you done the new update where it shows your phone time? No, I'm afraid. I haven't done the new update. Truthfully afraid. I do want to see it though. That's not a measure. Oh. I, I haven't it's done it. Yeah, we have Yeah. But keeping yourself accountable and saying, how many times did I go in email today? How many times did I go to Instagram today? How many times did I do whatever? And then you like make a tally or something. I think, I, I feel like if I say 25 times, people are like, wow, that's a lot. I think it's really like 40. Dude, I, I've done it. I've done it where I call it the vicious cycle. I'll be on the commode and it'll be Instagram, yep. email, text, yep. Instagram, email, text. I've done that three times in a row without leaving the bathroom. Right. It's insane. That is insane. It's, it's all about the insane. last two weeks I've had some of my best output when I've been, when I've just took, taken, because I don't have the self-control. Me either. I have discipline in a lot of things. I clearly don't have it for this right now, so I just need to delete them from the phone, the, the social media apps. So if I put a plan in place, I and like you can't go on Instagram on your desktop. It, it just looks terrible. I don't even want to do it. I you know. It's an option. No. Here's what I'm thinking. And I'm already pretty good at this. I'm sure you are too. Keep your phone on airplane about the first hour of the day. I do that. Preferably the first two hours of the day. Yeah. That's how your routine is over. Yeah. But, because in the morning, I'll spend 10 minutes. I'll have a delay. And like my morning is pretty, my 5 to 7 is very systematic. A 10 yeah. minute delay pushes me to 7.10. Next thing you know, I'm starting at 7.20. Yeah. Not good. Yeah. So maybe not checking the phone, the first, that's what I'm going to do. Airplane mode until 7 a.m. no matter what. Mm. No one needs to hear from me. That text's not that important. No matter what you think, it's not right. that important. And you're in a great place to receive any on the text. And if you don't want to go crazy and delete all the apps and you think that's a little too crazy, I like the time limit. Don't check it till lunch. Let's Maybe you start there and then you, you can progress and progress and progress. Just don't check it. Get the fucking number. You have one thing you have to do in the morning. Or the biggest thing every day, you get that done in the morning, and yep. then it's, you get it to lunch. Get it done before lunch, and then you give yourself a break. And you, you know, you turn your mind off for thirty minutes. You're eating lunch. You're thinking. You're taking a walk. You're on Instagram. Whatever. Totally. You gotta give your mind a break. But until that thing's done, because I sense a major difference on, like, say, a Sunday when I'm allowing myself to have that the apps back on. I'm checking Instagram like first thing in the morning. I check it ten times in the first hour I'm up. My mind, the rest of the day, is in distraction mode because I've trained it for that day that it's okay to be distracted. Whereas the other days, I'm in fucking attack mode. And I'll be marked in this book, and this is true, and I totally believe this is, every time you check email, it shoots a little bit of cortisol on you, yep. which is not good. It, cortisol is like, obviously it's, it's a, I don't know if it causes stress or stress causes cortisol, whatever. Not good. Not a thing you no. want. Same and thing as um, same thing as all the social media. Instagram, it's a little bit of stress. And but your body does get addicted to chemicals, and yeah. you get addicted to that. It's scary, and it's it's so you're in a state of fear versus a state of like love almost. You're fearing to me. That's how it feels like. Right, and you're the way that he. I think it's him that describes it is like there are people that spend. Or Kevin Rose was telling me this. Shout out to Kevin Rose. Like people spend millions and millions and millions of dollars at Instagram. All they do in these meetings is think, how are they going to get Ryan Warner? To keep opening this fucking app yeah. and not turn it off. 
Yeah. Those people are smarter than you. There's a million of them. They're spending a gazillion dollars. You are outmatched. You're not going to, you're not going to, if you have this on your phone and it's going to be right there, you're going to check it. Totally. So you got to like find a way. You have to come up with some rule that you can follow. Now let's start, let's start practical. Let's start small. Okay. Two things people can do. Two things. And let's not neglect the nightly routine, which is probably going to be something I'm going to implement 2019 as well. What is your nightly routine? I think nightly nightly routine is as important as morning, gets no credit, and I I great at morning. I kind of stink at the nightly. Suck at the nightly. Because, we were kind of saying this last night, no disrespect to all the other people out there, but morning, if you wake up and let's just say you live alone, which you do, the morning routine is kind of on your self-discipline. It's kind of like... You can coach yourself and you can get yourself to do no it. No messing with you. Whereas the nightly, you get back from work, maybe you hang out with some friends, your girlfriend, your whatever, your family, you're going out to dinner, maybe you have a drink. Maybe you want to text because people are up. No one's up when you're up in the morning, so right. you're not missing anything. Right. And there's so much, maybe there's a game on, and all the day has happened. How do you lock in for that hour, 30 minutes? And if you're sitting whatever. at your lady's house, whatever, like, mm. it's impossible. You can't you do can't it. You can't do the same routine. You can't do it. So, here's what I'm thinking. 5 to 7 a.m., airplane mode, no questions asked. And yeah. That's pretty easy. Yeah. Monday through Friday, no social media apps, clean up the home screen. Okay. Two things right there. Okay. Do that for the first month, all January. Okay. I think you're going to see drastic changes. And by you, I mean all of us. What do you think about the nightly routine? Let's wrap on that. We have never talked about it before. <sighs> nightly no. routine. I think you need two things. I think you need... A nightly routine when you're solo, and then a like an away strategy or away game, yeah. which is not going to be as good, but it's got to be like it's going to be a little bit better. So let's say nightly routine solo, everything's within your control. Yeah. Eight thirty, no screen time. Okay. So that's it. What time are you going to bed? In this scenario. Oh, okay. Get your eight hours. You have to. Let's say you go to bed at ten now, which is more reasonable for the rest of us. Okay. So. Yeah. And me too. Like I, I kind of like going to bed at ten. If I could do it perfectly, I would do ten to six. Okay. But for some reason people think the five a.m. thing is right, and I try. I kind of do like starting work at seven rather than eight. If I could do it anyway, I could do ten to six. Okay. But let's say nine to five. Sure. But I have no, I have no routine right now. So the problem is I don't have one. Uh, but I would say I'm pretty good at this, and I'm not. But I'm like I do it three days a week, maybe two nights a week. I don't. I'm pretty good at eight thirty airplane mode. Yeah. And watching Netflix from eight thirty to nine. Yeah. But sometimes I'm texting right up until bed. Mm. Yeah. So. Me too. But then there's a lot of people that say you should have no ambient light, and that I mean that I mean like no screens Blue for light. the last half hour. I so just heard hour. Right, which to me is unrealistic. Just know I'm going eight to nine with no Netflix or no phone. That's tough to do. Maybe it is. I'm just a little too soft. But I'm just trying to think of... Because, listen, there's nothing wrong with wanting to talk to people. Human beings are meant to be social creatures. Right. But I think that we're not... Instagram is not talking to people. If you're on your phone talking to someone every day, that's fine. Right. You're on texting, a phone call. And even... Texting yeah, is okay. Texting is fine. But then social or email, like you're not talking to anyone. No. So... I need to develop the nightly routine. I need to develop a time where, because like you only get up early and feel good if you had a bed on a certain time. Right. So. It's your circadian rhythm. And Tim Ferriss has one. It's like, and I, I like it kicks off with this type of tea that makes you, it doesn't make you sleepy, it's dot chamomile. Chamomile tea. Like, you know what it is? When I have, 
I do this maybe, this is probably a one to two day a week nightly routine. Like, I wish it could be every day, but I just haven't figured it out. Is if I'm up at, let's say, five, I get to bed at nine. I, it's getting eight hours of sleep. I don't always get eight. I probably get seven more than I get eight, for sure. Totally. So, at not, maybe at like eight or nine, I'm, I get a little chamomile tea. I sleep way better when I do that. I don't know what's in that thing, but I sleep better. I get a deeper sleep. How are you with your app usage and phone usage at night? Uh, with that, I'll go airplane 30 minutes before bed. Is that the minimum you think we can be acceptable? I think, I think you've got to have 30. 30 minutes, I'd say, I, personally, for me it's 30 minutes, no screen. There's no TV, there's no computer, there's no phone. No screen for 30 minutes. Okay. Because think about that. Like for 30 minutes, you can brush your teeth, get your clothes out for the next day. You've got to get you know your lunch. Or for me, I make my smoothie in the morning. You know, maybe read a few pages, get your eyes tired. Like all that, that takes 15, 20 minutes. So that's like to do that is not. That's 30 minutes. I actually don't think is unreasonable. Maybe and then like. You get all that stuff. You get everything laid out for the next day. Very important to me. So I don't have to make decisions in the morning. If you have to decide what you're going to wear to work out, where to work, what you're going to eat for lunch, you're going to have a shitty morning. You got so let's have an instant amount. 8.30. Sure. Every screen is off. Your phone's in airplane mode. You have the tea. This is a perfect... Yeah, a perfect... If it is a perfect situation, probably having the tea, yeah, like 8... By 8.30, all the, all the screens are off. Everything's set up. I'm laying in bed, reading. For At 8.30, you're laying in bed? At 8.30, I'm in bed reading, or on the couch, whatever. I'm sitting down, I'm reading. No screen. And maybe I've taken some deep breaths. And I'm getting myself, like, relaxed. Because, like, when I, when I have a bad night's sleep, it's because I haven't winded, I haven't wound down. Mm-hmm. I might... The bad dreams that I have are about work-related activities, totally. and I get stressed in the middle of the night. When you're laying down to sleep, dude, sometimes how much is the mind running, dude? I have a journal I said that I stretch it down on. For me, it's not when I first go to sleep. I always knock out, because I feel like I wipe myself out because I go pretty hard during the day. What happens, I'll wake up at 1 in the morning, go to the bathroom, and then I'll, I'll be thinking about all this stuff. So I have, I have a... Sticky notes next to my bed, so I'll write things down. Yeah. And when I wake up, I'll be like, Why did I write that? What the fuck is this thing? <laughs> I only like one a week. Is it useful? But I do the same thing, right? I just like, just know I can go to bed without getting out this thought. It's like, I don't need to write that down. But you do because it helps you clear that out. So maybe the nightly routine is something to think about. The whole thing that I was trying to say to you yesterday, and I by, by addition, by subtraction, is like, Got so many balls in the air. A lot of balls. Can only have a certain amount of balls. So it's like, you can't be a great runner and lifter and kettlebeller and flexible and yoga and be a great salesperson and podcaster and writer and you got a girlfriend and you, got, you can't do all that shit. Right. You gotta like be great at like one, two, three things and then once you master that, then you move on and you can kind of do maintenance on it. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, say if you become, like you... Like, once you've nailed the fundamentals of sales, you know, you can kind of start teetering with some other stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally. And so I feel like that's where I've got to focus in. I'm trying to do too many things 
pretty good versus like a few things great. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that's going to be. I, I'm going to have to rip that well, out. Well, I like the idea of booking the day like that. I need yep. to, I'm getting anxious even thinking about consistently having, going to bed. Cause I used to go to bed at night so easily. Now it's like I actually have a little bit later. It's kind of weird. Well, it's not bad to stay up later. If you, if you, I think you need to sleep though. Totally. No, I like, I am an eight hour sleep guy for sure. Yeah. Hence the reason I'm yawning all day, even though I've been drinking coffee all day. Yeah, you could sleep. literally just had a coffee with two espresso shots in your neck. I could sleep that right now. That's called a red eye. <laughs> with two shots of espresso, it's called the red eyes. Really? No, I made it up. <laughs> what else you got? So, not a lot, I don't think, buddy. I got... We're at the good hour. I was going to say, for your editing's sake, I don't want you have to edit for too long here. Um, I mean, I'm excited for the year. I'm excited to finish out December. Let me ask you this. Hey, Two, before 2018 recap. You're thinking through the year. You're reflecting. I was thinking about this earlier. I'd, I'd like to hear from you a few top moments. Okay. A few, and this is just off the cuff. We didn't prep this, so okay. I don't expect too, too, anything too fluid. But okay. A few top moments. And a few of the biggest lessons that you learned. Okay, top moments. And anything else you got for me about the year? Let's just hear it. Top moments, the Ultra. Yep. Moving back to Chicago and rekindling my friendship with all my friends. Heavy. Awesome. Heavy. Um, learnings? I mean, top, I mean, there's so many, but the ones that stick out, they just call it the top, what, again... The ultra was awesome. Doing. I want to know learning by learnings. I mean like. Okay, I've learned a lot this year. I want to know like a few things that like you learned, and that you think that's going to change the rest of your life, or you think. Okay. Has the opportunity. Well, the first one that comes to mind is learning specifically for sales. Okay, that's here. So the ability to on larger deals navigate what I call sales process two point Okay. Meaning that after the person you're selling to has said yes, now if they're the economic buyer, they can sign, great, if you're a lot further along. Most of the time, you're not dealing with the economic buyer the whole time. Okay. Right? The economic buyer could be the CEO, COO, the SVP, whatever, right? Okay. Once your champion said yes, how do you navigate to the economic buyer to get them to see us and then navigate through procurement, legal, and vendor management? Okay. It's a whole thing, right? All right. So navigating that has been huge and will change the trajectory of my life because I'm so much better at it now than I was. No question. Okay. Another thing that I've learned and used to navigate the sales process is this concept called medic, medic sales methodology. Yeah, yeah, that's like the EMC thing. Did you know about it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about it until this year. Well, so I learned it this Brad year. Brad Selinger told me about yeah. it. Yeah, I think he told me about it and too. And I spent four hours educating myself on it and I'm obsessed with it. Mm. How about outside of sales? Okay. Outside of sales, I got back to the concept of self-talk. So, I did. So, I've realized that working, sometimes I get my energy, and I'm a people person. I like entertaining and pleasing people. And I like, I work harder sometimes when I'm around other people. Okay. And I'm working from home for the first time in my life. Working from home. Right. I love the freedom, though. Okay. So... I don't want to go back to the office at all because I don't like the commute. I do miss having people around though because I like telling jokes. I like, <laughs> I like, I'm not gonna lie, I like like having some attention on me and I'm like telling jokes because I have the crazy stories. Right. Everyone thinks 
that my stories are bizarre and they so are. listen to me, right? right? So it's fun. And I miss that part of it. And I also miss the camaraderie of helping people. So sure. one of the things I've learned is when I'm feeling a little down or just not excited or not enthusiastic, it makes self-talk. Okay. And so it could be something as simple as like, I will be successful. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I... And you say that to yourself. Over and over and over. I say it. I say it. I say it. Out loud? No. And just in your head. Because sometimes with these larger deals, it you might close two deals a year, yeah. and you don't know where you stand for a long period of time, mm-hmm. and you don't feel like you're accomplishing anything sometimes. Yeah. And it's like not good for the confidence. It's not good for the psyche. And so you need to stay positive. It's not even that things are going bad. It's just nothing's happening. Yeah. Right? And so you don't have any sense of where you're at sometimes, mm-hmm. which is like a helpless feeling. Yeah. So some I've noticed that... Sometime, at least one day a week, every week, I wake up, I'm just not enthusiastic, and it's just, I'm kind of not depressed, I'm just like, literally like flat. And okay. so I've got back to this power sure. of yeah. self-talk. Yeah. And I've also gotten back to talking on the phone to someone once a day. Mm, I love that. Friends, family, yeah. what, not work calls, but, right, right. I you understand. Know, and I love it though. So one thing I've learned is, don't forget about the power of self-talk. Yep. Okay. Another thing I've learned is, Free journaling is one of the most powerful things you can do. Mm. I've really journaled a lot this year. Free journaling, just whatever comes to mind. Um, Mornings? Uh, every morning for sure, but sometimes at night too. Okay. When I don't want to do that half hour wind out, I will get into the journal sometimes. Okay. Those are, it's, I don't know, you mean concrete answers. Power of self-talk, let's not forget about it. Yeah. I'll do it all the time. I like that. I've, oh, I've learned one thing about, Okay. This is from Mind Gym, and this is called your your inner performance number. Okay. So, on a scale of one to ten, you're going into a, a big meeting or a big event, right? Yeah. Ten is you're so nervous you can't perform. You're shaking. You're in a terrible. Oh, I know where this is right? going. Right. Zero is you're sleeping. <laughs> okay. Well, everyone has a number. You want to be a, like a I'm seven point eight. That's my number. Okay. So that's something I use all the time. Why seven point eight? It's just that's just what I felt right. With. Okay. Seven, I'm like, I need a little bit more. Eight is like, eight's like shaky. a little bit. Like, there are times in the meeting where I get to like an eight, eight point one. You calm down. And I break it down a little bit. And so just, when I'm in the lobby, I've checked, say I'm going to a meeting. I'm in the lobby, I've checked in, I'm waiting for the guy to come get me. That's when I really, just, like, it's getting real. Mm-hmm. Right? Especially if you have your boss, or your boss's boss with you. Yeah. It's a little sweaty. Yeah. But that's a normal feeling because you're excited. You right. should be excited about it. Yep. Excited to compete. Um... And so, right at that time, I tell myself, 7.8, 7.8, 7.8. And it just calmed me down. I love that. I, I do that a lot. That's a great So, one. I got to think about that. I got to think about that a little bit. Because that applies to a lot of things. That could apply to the race you do. Right. That could apply to doing a really good podcast. It does get a race. Someone. My number for the race, I thought about it. It's probably different. I, and there's a you don't want to be that jacked up for right. long. Experience. And I actually had that number thing going back to when we did the half marathon in Seattle. Yeah. Because, like, at the end of the race, I was, like, probably like a 9.3, which is good. Yeah. We were, like, beginning of the race, it was probably, like, a 4. For the, that long race, yeah, like, a 6. I think it was, like, a 5, like, a 6.1. Yeah. 6.2. That 7.8. That's um, great. That's great. But, so that's another thing I've learned that I've done. I tell you, things I've implemented this time last year that stuck and I love. Turmeric tea. Yep. Um, no refined carbs or sugars. Yep. Five days a week, sometimes six days a week. I gotta get back to six days a week. Mm. Um, I'd love to do six and then go just fucking ham on one day a week. Totally. 
I think that's because I always start mine going ham five o'clock on a Friday and it goes all the way through Saturday night. Yeah, but it's lately it's gotten like Sunday too. Yeah, which uh, maybe it's Friday afternoon. That's the thing too. Exactly. It's four and three, and then so. So I was thinking back to, I've been in the real world for five years, and I've thought of all the things I've added to my life. I did a list of this the other day that I'm I'm proud of. Starting with year one, the kale shake and the kettlebells. Yep. Working out three days a week. Then I worked out four days a week. Yep. This year, I did four days a week for two years. Now this year, I did every week, I'm working out five days a week. Yep. The kale shake five days a week is stuck with me since. Kale but shake, yep. Also added in meditation over the years. I started out as five minutes a morning, now it's ten minutes a morning. And then this year, I added in journaling. And then I reinforced reading this year, too. Yep. So I'm thinking of all these things I've added over the years that are really important. And how... When we go, let's bring it back to 20 minutes ago when we're talking about taking Instagram off your phone and all these things. You just do one small thing at a time. It's not like, I'm going to remove Instagram, I'm going to go to bed at night, I'm going to wake up at 5, I'm going to work out every day, and do all that shit next week. Especially when you're getting into like the resolutions, it's like one small thing. Mm-hmm. And a very small dosage, the 5 minutes of meditation. For the, the whole year, I did. The, the, yeah, the, the, whole the year two workouts months. a week for a year. Which two workouts a week isn't that much. Because before that, I was doing nothing in college. So it's, and you just get up and then you you climb and it's the the thought of just compound interest. Right. And all those workouts all over time build the discipline muscle. Totally does. Over time, over time, over time. So I'm thinking, and I was thinking for 2019, maybe I don't add anything. I just do everything perfectly consistent. Mm Because consistency is to me the end all be all. It's not that complicated. There are some cool things that you can do and like, there's weird things like we're, you know, you, you talk about like the Wim Hof method and things like that that are helpful. Yeah. But if you just nail the fundamentals, like if you nail morning routine, night routine, diet, focus. Right. I mean, you're in the top 1%. Top 1%. And I, the thing that I need to do a better job of in 2018 is getting up at the time I say, if it's 5 or 5.30, every single day. Are you snoozing? I'm snoozing or do you bad, dude. Change the alarm? I changed the alarm. I've done I'm that. Snoozing. I'm bad. I've done that. You, you wake up at five, turn it off, set it for fifteen. Yeah, I was gonna say like five fifty nine. I'm bad, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's gotten bad lately. I'm disgusted with myself. So you've called me at an epoch of self reflection. Of well, this is the time of year. You know, we got like and two I do weeks believe in resolutions. People don't. I they've been very powerful for me. And I've used them like crazy. Yeah, I just think it's it's it. Should be something that you need to have. You need to know that you're gonna to have to stick with it. You know, people just do it and like right. they try to do too much at once. It's like just do now. One thing I to this day don't really use, but they're like goals are good, but you have to have a strong why. I'm just like my why is I just want to be a good salesperson, or I just want mm-hmm. to have money. So I need to get better at my why too. So this is very interesting. So I am working with. My new team on goal Manager setting. now. Yes. Build, build the people in. Do they know? Uh, if they follow me on LinkedIn, they know. So I'm Tommy working. just got promoted to be a manager at age yep. 25. Three reps. Really, really excited. Fired the fuck up for it. Love it. And I think, you know, the whole the whole process, I might do a podcast just about this stuff. But something I'm thinking about is goal setting. Goal setting has changed my life. It's changed the life of everyone I know. Every. Almost every successful person that I look at through time... So simple. I kind of forget about it. Goal setting. It's like, you set the goal, and you go back and you achieve it. And so I was listening to 
Uh, we were talking about this yesterday. I was listening to Finding Mastery, Bob Bowman. He was Michael Phelps' coach for over 20 years. Talk about how they did goal setting. So they have a vision, vision goal, right, that you have for, let's just say it's a year long. And for Michael, it might be that you want to get into the Olympics or you want to have a certain time. It's like, all right, if you want to get there, you got to break it down. Break it down into what you got to do in the next three months. What do you got to do every month? What do you got to do every week, every day? And then you, you, know, you block off time, say, by the hour or by 30 minutes or whatever it is. And you break it down into chunks. The way that he broke it out was they had the vision, right? So you don't, this isn't really my main point, but he had the vision for, say, let's say a year, and you break it down step by step, quarter, month, week, day, hour, etc. Now, every time that I or someone close to me has, has set a goal and fucking crushed it is because they had a very specific goal and a serious action plan to tackle it, and they stuck relentlessly to it. I was thinking about this the entire flight yesterday. So I'll, t- I'll give you a few examples. One example, I'll give you positive and negative. Positive example. Last year, I had two goals. I wanted to run a marathon with you, and I wanted to be sales rep of the year. And I set the goal. I set the track. I knew what I had to do every, let's just sit, stick to running. Knew what we had to do in terms of our workout plan, in terms of our diet, in terms yep. of the sleep, stretching, the right shoes, all that shit. Yep. I visualize it. Mm-hmm. Like when things got, like when I wasn't feeling as great, like, you know, I had to, we had to adjust a few times for how much we were running or like our pace, all that type of shit. We did a few practice, you know, like distance races. And over time, we stuck to it like fucking clockwork because we said it. We said it out on the podcast. Everyone knew about it. We made it, we right. held ourselves accountable. Mm-hmm. And we fucking got it done. Same thing when I was trying to do sales rep of the year, except that I was not specific enough in my goal and I did not want to be the worldwide. I only wanted to be for that for one region. But, it, but whatever. I got pretty much the job done. And I visualized it and I knew. It's I interesting. It, and I tracked it every single week where I was. It? Because I knew it was, you, what metrics were you tracking? I was tracking how many meetings I was having a week. I was tracking. Did you really? Yes. I was tracking how what my booked was in that. How much money I, I sold that week? Where I was in percentage to go for the quarter, percentage to go for the year, um, and how that was tracking to. I wanted to hit a certain. I thought if I hit a certain percentage, that I could potentially win the award. You never. It, I don't choose who wins the award, so it, I didn't have full right, control. Right, 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 right. And I'll compare that to, like, one of my goals this year that I accomplished was doing the Tahoe Beast. One of the goals that I didn't accomplish that I said on this podcast was I wanted to be top 200 ranked uh, podcast in the business section on iTunes. I did not get there because I did not put – it's kind of a spe- – it's a specific goal, but I didn't track against it. I didn't measure against it. I didn't – But did you do everything you could? No. Okay. I didn't. I did a good amount. I put out consistent episodes. I think I put out some quality episodes, but I could have been messaging people to help out with reviews. I could have been asking people for better referrals. I could have been doing a lot of things that I think could have helped to boost numbers. But I wasn't doing everything in my power to accomplish that one goal. So I think when you go back to the why, this is why I've been ranting about this, 
is that I guess the why might be construed as a little bit different. But if it's not a very, very specific goal with a time frame and that you're tracking and adjusting your effort levels and what you're doing to meet, then I think you're fucked. I think you're in a tough spot. Totally. I mean, when you say like when you when you track back to like your goals, whether fitness wise or sales or debt paid off or money or any of that relationships. Totally. The same process or no? No, very similar. And you're, you're reminding me of some core things I forget about goals. Let's hear it. Now we're... No, now we're I mean... <laughs> visualizing it, yes. Totally. Because okay. it gets you excited about it. Because I usually visualize the end result. Yep. And that's exciting. Yeah. It feels good. So good. Um, telling others to be accountable, totally. So like, yep. I think back to the last great year I had in sales. It mm-hmm. was the year I got promoted. The year at Salesforce where I hit my number nine months in a row, mm-hmm. most of the team... I was number four in the country in my division mm-hmm. out of like 280, and number one in three were also on my team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hit my number more months in a row than they did. It's not about bragging. Bottom line is that was the year I had. I got promoted over both of them, yeah. and they had been there much longer than me. That was like the last year where I'm like, that was total effort every day. Mm-hmm. I wasn't fucking around, yeah. and I had some stability in my personal life where I wasn't needing to check my phone all day. I wasn't texting all day. Yeah. wasn't trying to get laid all day. Right. So, cut that out too. But... Eh. Um, but I had when I and I wasn't working that long hours. I'd get to work at seven because that's when the train got in, right. and I would leave at four forty-five because the train to get back left right. at five. But it's but it's focused. Focused. It's not, Twelve was, hours of unfocused is worse than six hours. Of and focus. that's the problem is like working from home. And I'm not going to complain more. But listen, when I'm working from home, I think I can just work later if I have to. So right. I take some time in the middle of the day. Whereas there, it was listen. You're here from seven to four forty-five. And that's just a relief to know that at 445, you're done. And right. I didn't work on the train. I didn't work at home. Right. I barely checked my email when I got home. Right. And it was fun, but I go to bed at 9 every night because I wasn't all hyped up still. Right. So I think back to what did I do that year. I definitely visualized it every day on the train because I had a 45-minute train ride. Visualize being the number one rapper. Uh, and getting promoted yeah, and going to club. Yeah. Actually, my thing was, my goal was I want to go to club. My yeah. what does it mean was selling... Like 125 percent of my number, yep. whatever that whatever that dollar amount was. Yep. I think it was like 800. I don't know, something like that. Okay. And then, well, what do I have to do every month? Well, I have to hit my number every month, right? right? And if I did hit my number that month, which I, once I st- I, I went nine in a row because I only worked there for 11. So the right. first two I didn't, but then I miss, hit every month from there on out. Right. But if I would have missed a month, I would have said, all right, my next month, even though they think my number is 60 grand, it's really 67 thousand because I right. missed by 7 thousand the month before. Yep. So. Be very specific. I was very specific. I told others. I told the bosses on the other teams that I'm every day. I'm like, dude, get ready for me next year because I'm coming, dude. Yeah. Told everybody. I would. Do I was the like same. obnoxious, and people didn't even like me there. Right. Um, I would say the same thing about rep of the year. I'd be like, yeah, my, my fucking winning it. Like, right. Like in June. Right. You know, like when we talk like, for the marathon, we we're talking about that on the podcast totally. six months before. We never ran five miles. Totally. So being specific. Having a time frame for it. Tracking it is something that because of Salesforce's way they did months and the dashboards, you knew every day where you stood. Yeah. Whereas now you 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 do, but like no one really holds you accountable to it. So yeah. that that just happened because of the stress of the environment. Yeah. But it was there. 
And one thing here is, at the end of the day, ask yourself, did I really do, did my actions today reflect someone who's trying to accomplish this goal? Right. And like, I sometimes forget to ask myself. I need to ask myself that more often. Yeah. Um, and, and even the goal itself, is the goal itself what you really want? Like when I'm thinking about managing a team, it's like, don't, don't tell me your goal is whatever you want, what you think I want, I want it to hear. be. Yeah. If you don't want to be the sales rep of the year, I don't, then, then fine, don't fucking tell me you want Go to, to sales be. ops. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like to say you want to be, maybe your goal isn't to be sales rep of the year. Maybe it's just to hit a certain number because you're spending time doing other things. That's fine. You know what I'm saying? Totally. So whatever the goal is. But like the thing, and I, you're right. Put the effort been, in required to get to that goal. Right. And the thing I've been kind of wrestling with lately, and clearly it's like a, it's coming out that I'm not satisfied with the way my last six... The past month has been okay, but it's not that I have... Mm, I'm, I mean, I'm on track, but I'd like... Things could have been more productive the past six weeks. Sure. For sure. Sure. Right? Um, and so I'm thinking here, these, you just hit on some things that I kind of forgot about with goal setting. Mm. The goals are the overlying foundation and motivation for it. And the tracking needs to be done weekly. Yeah. Way more, way and more than this now. And that keeps you on it and that keeps you motivated. Like, I haven't tracked up. the number of meetings I've booked ever this whole year. Because if you're like, I want to be rep of the year, you say at the beginning of the year, and then it's April and you're kind of going through a rough patch and you haven't checked in on the progress and you haven't kept visualizing. It's easy to like, stop. Then you're like, then you get in a slump. Yeah. That's how you get in funks. Totally. Happens to everyone. Everyone. So, I love this part of it. Um, yeah. I'm glad I asked you about the why. Because we just got into, we just got into some heat right That's now. good. That was some good fire. Got in some heat. And that's, and I, I guess the way I would wrap that up is I put it into everyone, I mean, we, we bucket uh, some of our, you know, we bucket our life into a few different areas, similar but different and what, however you do it, I, I do like financial, professional, mm-hmm. relationships, and health. And you do the four Bs, I think, from Jake Herbert. However you, you set it, you just sometimes I set like five goals for each thing, and it's way too much. Just set one, one for each. Could be you maybe have two buckets, maybe a three, four, mm-hmm. and you set that for the year. And you think about it. It's not just like. You sit, you listen to this, and you're like, uh, all right, I want to lose 20 pounds. Right. But again, think about it. What's gonna, who do you want to be next year? Who is the person you want to be? What have they accomplished? What have right. they done? What have they created? And like, you do that one thing really well. And once you do that, then you move on. We are talking about Tim Ferriss way earlier today. That's what he does. He didn't like start writing a book and then in the middle of it do a podcast and then also like become the world tango champion and like all this crazy shit he's done and he does one thing and then he fucking kills it and he does another thing then he kills it and he does another thing and he kills it so like when i'm doing all this like i'm writing and i'm podcasting i'm selling and i'm trying to get into management and i'm doing the spark too much it's got to be a few things yeah done very well i'm not sure what those few things are going to be yet and what i'm going to cut out for the time being but there needs to be some addition by subtraction. Yeah. I think mine's going to be nightly routine is – that's going to be huge for me. That's dude. key. Yeah. T830. No screens. If I can just do that, I'll be in good shape. Yeah. That's going to be a big piece of it. 
Because, like, the working out five days a week anymore, that's just not even something to think about anymore. Right. That's my what, 5 to 7 a.m. Yeah. routine is is just solid. I don't need to think about it anymore. Right. That's my point. If you right. nail something, then you can move on, and then that's it's already part, a habit. Like the kale shake is part of it, right? It's already a habit. Yeah, the reading and journaling, that's part of it's it. It's already a habit. Right. Killing right. right. it. I love that. Okay. So, the good news is that when you do that type of stuff for five years... You're already in fucking top 1%. You know how many people haven't read a book in 10 years? Sad. Very sad. That don't work out. Even worse. That don't eat a vegetable all week, you know? So now it's just little, little increments. You're not going to get 10% better. You're going to get 1%, 0.1%. Yeah. Totally. And that's what makes the difference. The clarity on the goal setting and the tracking it. Because the tracking it is sometimes hard because you don't want to hear the results. You know? Yeah, yeah it's not going so, well. Interesting. Lie to yourself. That's why it's important to tell someone, I think. You don't have to tell We should almost do a monthly accountability 20-minute podcast. I love that. And in January, we say, these are the things. This is my year. These are the things that you do every month. And, of course, they can change. But it's like, this is my vision. This is what it means. This is what it... Sure. This is is my vision. This is is my vision. Define the vision. What are the actions every quarter, month, and week? And then we do a check-in on it. Me and you? I'm going to send you mine each week, and then we talk about it on the podcast once a month for 20 minutes. I think that'd be great. I'd cool. like to have Let's that accountability. I, I need, need to nail what my goals are. I'm not, I got need the accountability. I need it. I, it's too... Life we, have is too a lot of self, we have a lot of self-discipline, but it's too hard to only rely on that. You need help. It, is. it was need... easier when we lived together. Yeah. Way easier to, yeah. for me. And, it's, and we're in a very fortunate position. In our 20s, yeah. I'm about to be 30, heavy. in a position heavy, where we can make real money, unimaginable money, for most people in the world, unimaginable, and we're not doing everything we can to make the most of it. Mm-hmm. And it's not all about money, but it's about money as a means to other things. Right. Like, dude, why are we not doing everything we can every day to have the most productive days? It's insane mm-hmm. that we don't. I do. We do most of the time, but sometimes we we're don't. We're hard on ourselves. We're but there's ourselves other people who are doing it for sure. Way People harder. are working harder. Jocko Willink is working harder than 100%. I am. 100%. And that, I don't like to say that. I am David Goggins is working harder. A lot of people are. Nobody cares working Thousands harder. of people are. I like the idea of the, the goal check-in. Keep us accountable. I'm doing that. Keep us accountable. Set up you know, little charts or like little reminders in the room of like, all right, if you said whatever the goal is, it's not just like I want to be healthier. It's got to be very specific. I'm going to do this. And track it, and let the let the people follow along. I I like that quite a bit. I like that quite a bit. I'm gonna spend the next what is it the twentieth today? I'm gonna spend the next eleven days really thinking about it, and I'm gonna come in hot to you. I'm listening at the end of December, writing this down, beginning of January. With I'm thinking probably one thing for each of those. For each of those um, buckets. Yep. I know what you're saying. For your whatever for the your buckets year, are. And then and then I'll I'm gonna try to map it back, but maybe I'll ask for some feedback of how you might change how you map it back, but that's where I'm at. Any final words? I think it's time to wrap this thing up. It's a good wrap. I like that we got into some good stuff at the end. Yeah. I thought we were done an hour in, but we broke through and we got some really I'd say the, the last half hour stuff. is probably the best. I love it. I got nothing else. 
Thank you, listeners. Vote for me, guest of the year. Listeners, People's champ. This, I didn't really think about it. I actually just put out episode 99 last yesterday. This could be 100. Could be. Probably makes sense to put this out before the new year. Maybe on New Year's Day. I don't know. Whenever you're listening to this, it's when you listen to it. But at this point, I've reached we. I mean, you you did the first 30. Fun. Amazing to see you keep it going. 100 episodes. 100 episodes. Wow. That's sick. In a year and three months, essentially. No, a year and five months. Yeah. Pretty good. Wow. A lot more to be done.